Welcome to the St. Rita's Medical Center podcast. This is Dr. Mark Colley. The focus of our podcast today will be on COVID-19 antibody testing. In the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, there is increased need for and use of antibody testing for the SARS-CoV-2 virus. However, there are still many concerns regarding the current test. To address some of the concerns of the COVID-19 antibody testing, I'm sitting with Dr. Shelley Odronik. Dr. Odronik is board certified in anatomic and clinical pathology and a fellow of the College of American Pathologists. She is a staff pathologist of the New Vision Labs and on staff at St. Rita's Medical Center. Dr. Odronik, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, before we get into our topic today, we do have several housekeeping measures. First, I want to place a timestamp on our discussion. Uh, We're recording this on Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. I want to make sure we have that in there as the information is changing very quickly. Also, as this podcast may be offered with CME, we do have to discuss disclosures. I personally don't have any disclosures. Dr. Adronik, do you have any disclosures? Uh, I have no disclosures other than the places I work. Okay. Dr. Adronik, as the antibody testing has become more prevalent, the biggest criticism that I have seen regarding this is their accuracy. So, Can you talk about the accuracy of the COVID-19 antibody testing? Yeah, there are a large number of antibody tests currently available, and they are vastly different in how accurate they are. And this has been confusing both for patients and providers. Improved antibody tests have been developed, and here we are in mid-May, and we've had some, and we have some good options if you understand their limitations. So I'm gonna try to boil it down to a key factor affecting accuracy, and discuss several of the misconceptions as we go. So for a bit of background, in March and April, antibody tests could be marketed without submitting any data to the FDA. So anyone who developed a test could market it. No one would check claims of accuracy, and there were literally hundreds of tests developed by startups in a matter of weeks. With this came a lot of false marketing. I have seen tests claiming to be FDA-approved when they're not, tests claiming to be CLIA-waived when they're not, tests claiming to be able to diagnose acute infection when they can't. I've even seen some companies pop up with names similar to reputable companies in an attempt to confuse physicians. It really has been the Wild West of testing, for sure. So let's talk about test accuracy. We look at sensitivity and specificity. Remember, sensitivity is how good a test is at detecting a true positive, and specificity is how good a test is at detecting a true negative. Sounds pretty straightforward. The higher the sensitivity and specificity, the better the test. Well, that's true, but only part of the story. The real thing that we want to know is for an individual patient who's sitting in your office with a positive result, how likely is that positive a real positive or a false positive? This is called the positive predictive value. And it depends not just on sensitivity and specificity, but also on the prevalence of antibodies in the population. So in order to know the accuracy of an antibody test, you need to know the prevalence, which ironically, we don't know until we start performing antibody tests. So do we have any idea of the prevalence of antibodies in the general population? Lima and some surrounding counties have recently started offering antibody tests to the public, and we are starting to get some initial data on prevalence. So early numbers, and this is very preliminary, 
suggests that less than 2% of the general population has antibodies to SARS-CoV-2 in our area. Of course, we will refine our estimate as we do more testing, but let's assume that 2% prevalence. If you have a test that's 97% sensitive and specific, using statistics, you can calculate that if you get a positive result, there's a 60% chance that it's a false positive. So your, po so your <laughs> positives are more likely false than true. So the take home is that false positives are a real problem with antibody tests in low prevalence populations. And false positives are what we want to minimize. You want people, you don't want people to think that they may be immune and, I don't know, go visit grandma in a nursing home. I know we all wanted a test desperately, but these unreliable tests were incredibly misleading and definitely caused confusion. This is why there's stories out there like Laredo, Texas, where an ER spent half a million dollars on antibody tests that were unreliable. And the UK made antibody testing one of their major initiatives for COVID-19 and bought 17 and a half million tests. The vast majority of those tests were returned once they found out that the antibody titer had to be exceptionally high to get a positive result, making them useless for the general population. Early stories like this demonstrated that antibody testing needed more oversight. Fortunately, in early May, the FDA outlined some performance threshold criteria and created new requirements for submitting antibody tests for review. Additionally, reputable manufacturers have developed antibody tests using more established instrument-based technology. These have higher sensitivity and specificity and have more rigorous validation and standardization. So how accurate are these newer tests? So let's go back to our assumption of 2% prevalence. Now you can estimate that roughly one out of five positives is a false positive. And I used a test with 100% sensitivity and 99.6% specificity for that calculation. So this is significantly better than some initial tests, 20% instead of 60% of the positives are false. But clearly, there are still a fair number of false positives, even with the newer tests in low prevalence populations. The FDA actually recommends performing two different antibody tests that assess different viral proteins to determine whether an individual truly has antibodies in a low prevalence population. Now, prevalence is not uniform. We see high pockets of high, we see little pockets of high prevalence. In these higher prevalence populations, the number of false positives decreases significantly and the reliability of the test is extremely good. So these newer antibody tests will be very accurate in areas with an outbreak, for example, whether it's a nursing home, factory, prison, or even within a certain family. If you can get to 10% prevalence, your false positives are only 3%. Also, previously symptomatic patients would have a higher prevalence of COVID-19 and thus more reliable results. For patients, you can think of prevalence as how likely the patient is to have antibodies. For one of your patients with a COVID-19 positive spouse, the antibody test performs well. For a patient who never had any symptoms, no exposure, no travel, not in a high-risk line of work, the antibody test gives more false positives. This concept is not unique to COVID-19, but is particularly necessary to understand in this pandemic 
not just to help individual patients understand their test results, but also because we use this data in disease modeling and policymaking. To summarize, we have an unprecedented test development, which is great during a pandemic. A lot of tests got out there. But the downside is that some of the tests in the market are not very accurate. None of today's tests are very reliable for the local low-risk general population. But some are very accurate for populations with an outbreak, for example. I'd like to mention one more thing about assessing accuracy. Um, there's no such thing as, say, a 90% sensitive test. Sensitivity and specificity are actually 95% confidence intervals. They're not single numbers. For example, one of the current tests claims 100% sensitivity because all positives were detected. But they only tested 29 known positives, so it has a wide confidence interval. The sensitivity for that test should actually be described as they're 95% sure that the sensitivity is between 88 and 100%. So a test claiming 99% sensitivity may actually be better than one claiming 100% if the confidence interval is tighter. These are testing nuances, I know, but I've never seen so many people from other doctors to the media discussing things like sensitivity, so I figured I would mention it. No, and I think that's uh, very important. And the other thing that I do think that uh, we're going to discuss later is the clinical application of those false positives, because I, I am very concerned when I'm discussing with my patients of what are you going to do with this information if you do test positive? But uh, we could come back to that. Um, one of the other criticisms I've seen uh, with the COVID-19 antibody testing is the potential for cross-reactivity with other coronaviruses. Can you speak to that? Uh, a few of the initial antibody tests did cross-react with other common coronaviruses, which caused the common cold. But the newer tests, they tested thousands of patients uh, plasma that they had frozen from before COVID-19, and all of them were negative. So if there was significant cross-reactivity, there would have been positives, because the majority of us have antibodies to at least one of these common coronaviruses. So there does not appear to be significant cross-reactivity for most tests. The FDA, though, does require a disclaimer on all antibody tests, saying that cross-reactivity may exist because the manufacturers didn't actually prove it using patients with known antibodies. Mm -hmm. I think this disclaimer has caused people to think cross-reactivity is a bigger problem than it is. Okay. So how soon after an active infection will the current tests uh, show that a patient has developed antibodies? Antibody testing should be performed at least 14 days after onset of symptoms or a SARS-CoV-2 diagnostic tests. But some suggest waiting even longer. I've seen 18, 21, even 28 days in the literature. False negatives absolutely do occur if the test is done too soon. This is not a failure of the test, but a reflection of the disease course. It takes time for patients to develop an antibody response. It is absolutely critical that patients understand that antibody tests do not diagnose active acute infection. They're detecting a person's response to virus, so they're always delayed. The test is useless if performed on somebody recently sick or exposed within the last two weeks. It always lags behind and tells you where you were two weeks earlier. We're going to get more information on the timeline of antibody production and the individual variation as we test more people. 
you know, normally we understand a test and then use it clinically. But now in this pandemic, we're using a test and in the process of using it, learning about what it tells us. It's definitely a very interesting time to be in the world of testing. Absolutely. Um, so you had made mention of that a little bit earlier, but what are the limitations that these current tests have? So as we discussed, there's a chance of false positive results, particularly in the general public with no known exposure or symptoms, and a false negative if the test is performed too soon. Additionally, having antibodies to SARS-CoV-2 doesn't guarantee immunity. Based on what we know about other coronaviruses, some immunity is likely to exist, but we don't know how protective it is or how long it lasts. There's something called a neutralization assay, which is used to detect antibodies capable of inhibiting virus replication. So it tests antibody effectiveness. These tests depend on cell culture and take days to complete. Uh, they are being used in the research setting, and hopefully that'll help provide some answers on, on immunity. Another thing that we don't know is at which rate the virus will mutate. So potentially a patient may encounter a different strain to which they don't have immunity. And then one other limitation of the antibody test is that it doesn't tell you whether you're currently infectious. There's a time period in the disease course when antibodies coexist with viral shedding. So someone with antibodies may be able to spread COVID-19, and this can occur in an asymptomatic patient. So this is yet another reason that with positive antibodies, precautionary measures need to be continued. Sure. And I think uh, in the Lyme area in the past week, we have seen um, better options for patients to be able to obtain antibody testing. And I'm getting flooded with uh, requests from patients right now and asking, just asking about it or asking if they can have an order for it. So with the current tests, how would you recommend that primary care doctors utilize those tests? Antibody testing is incredibly useful from a public health epidemiology perspective. It is absolutely critical in order to understand the prevalence, the symptomatic rate, the asymptomatic rate, uh, true morbidity and mortality, and to guide public health recommendations. However, at an individual level, antibody testing does not change anything for the patient right now. It is absolutely necessary to explain to the patient that they still need to practice social distancing and masking recommendations regardless of the test result until we understand immunity and reinfection. Because of concerns over false reassurance and loosening of precautions, organizations like the American Medical Association have cautioned against antibody tests. But these tests, as you mentioned, are widely marketed and people are understandably interested in them. Patients who want them are easily able to find a way to get them. So that's why it's important to understand the testing accuracy, the utility, and the limitations when counseling patients. I believe antibody testing is most useful and accurate in particular patient populations where that prevalence is higher, so maybe a family member of somebody who had COVID-19, somebody with past symptoms, a nursing home uh, with an outbreak for residents and staff, uh, basically any of those hot spots that mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier. But again, the main utility here is from an epidemiology standpoint. It helps us understand COVID-19 transmission and prevalence, and it helps aid in contact tracing. It doesn't change anything for the individual patient right now. 
finally, uh, antibody testing is useful for patients who may want to donate convalescent plasma. Blood donation centers, such as the American Red Cross, have started collecting convalescent plasma from patients who have antibodies to SARS-CoV-2 in their blood. If a patient has a positive antibody test and would like to donate, they should contact the American Red Cross for more information. Great. And I think that it's really important, as you said, to emphasize the patients, the limitations, and to counsel them that even if you do test positive, this should not change your behavior as far as the social distancing. And it doesn't necessarily at this time mean that you're immune to future infections. And I'm concerned that as patients are seeing these positive results, especially if they're a false positive, that is going to significantly change what they're doing. Um, but let's say I do have a, a patient who uh, does fit that criteria. They were in a hotspot or I work in nursing homes and let's say we were to have an outbreak and we wanted to test staff. How is the test performed? Is it a finger prick like a, a monospot test or, or is it a blood draw? So all of the more reliable antibody tests currently in use require a blood draw. Most of them are what's called chemiluminescent assays, which is a type of ELISA, or enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay. ELISA technology is well-established and often runs on a high-throughput platform. The other main type of antibody test is a lateral flow assay, which uses technology similar to a pregnancy test. Some of those can use a finger stick. Um, although, you know, there's been a lot of lateral flow assays developed, but only three currently have been issued FDA emergency use authorization or EUA so far, and only one is a finger stick, which does not perform very well. Okay. Well, you made mention to it. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the, uh, the FDA uh, emergency use authorization and how that works? During a pandemic or other emergency situation, the FDA conducts a very quick review process and grants a test uh, EUA status or emergency use authorization. The FDA describes it as allowing the use of unapproved tests or devices when there's no adequate approved or available alternatives. So it is vastly different than full FDA approval, which is a significantly more extensive process. No SARS-CoV-2 test actually has FDA approval. Also, a test with an EUA does not necessarily mean it's a good test. There are definitely some tests out there with EUA status that are not very sensitive and specific, and some that have cross-reactivity problems, as we discussed. And the other thing that I want to mention is for tests without an EUA, remember that nobody has reviewed their claims of accuracy. So you have to look very closely if you're considering one of those tests for sure. Great. Uh, another thing that I had been uh, reading about when I was preparing for this is that some of the tests are quantitative and do provide the uh, tighter levels where most are qualitative. Is there any benefit to that quantitative testing? Until our understanding of antibody production increases, a quantitative test is not needed. It would add further confusion since there's no clinically significant established guidelines. A qualitative test, positive or negative, is sufficient for now. As we learn more about the immune system's response to SARS-CoV-2, I'm sure these platforms will refine their tests and be able to include the most predictive measures for immunity. 
most of these ELISA tests have ability to be quantitative or semi-quantitative. Antibody testing for SARS-CoV-2 is just getting started, and there's going to be a lot of changes, so we'll have to keep our eye on this. So if I do feel that one of my patients is appropriate for uh, the COVID antibody testing, is there a specific one that you would recommend? New Vision Laboratories at Mercy St. Rita's is currently offering one of the best tests available. Our, my group of board-certified pathologists, we serve as laboratory directors at six hospitals in Lima and the surrounding counties, and the antibody tests that we're offering at all of our hospitals are very good. I think if you're considering a different antibody test not associated with a hospital, you should have a conversation with a pathologist who's well-versed in SARS-CoV-2 testing. You need someone to review the manufacturer's literature and appropriately assess the test validation and performance data. You know, part of our training in clinical pathology is learning how to evaluate the quality of a test. And I think this pandemic has illustrated how critical not just testing is, but reliable testing. As antibody testing continues to be refined, our understanding will improve, and we will continue to vet different tests and provide the community with the best testing options. And with the current tests available, how long will it take uh, patients to get their results back? Currently, the turnaround time is two to four days, but we do plan to bring antibody testing in-house at New Vision Laboratories over the next several weeks, which will decrease turnaround time to less than 24 hours. Great. Well, another thing that I wanted to add here, I had reached out to our CMO, Dr. Owens, just to ask from uh, a system standpoint, where does St. Rita's and Bon Secours Mercy Health stand on this? And he, uh, he did give me a, a statement that I'll read, and it says, Mercy Health has established a team of medical experts to evaluate the efficacy of antibody testing and develop a path forward for the health system. An antibody test is a blood test that checks for proteins or antibodies that show a person was exposed to the coronavirus and developed antibodies against it, which may mean that a person has some immunity to the virus in the future. It's important to note that the FDA is still evaluating and validating antibody tests, and large-scale testing will still take some time. And from what Dr. Owens uh, told me from that statement, right now, St. Rita's and Bon Secours Mercy Health are taking a wait-and-see approach with this testing and potentially until the tests become a little bit more mature and accurate. Well, Dr. Adrani, is there anything else that you'd like to add regarding the antibody testing? Um, Just that I'd be happy to discuss anything further if anybody has any questions. Um, It's been great being here today. Thanks for having me. No, I, I think this was very informative, and I really appreciate you joining us. So, To our audience, if you do have um, any future topics or anybody you'd like to speak with or us to speak with in the future, please let us know. Thank you.